today's episode, we change track from those mitigating crises and pushing forward with mammoth business ventures and innovative brands to a man who's helping turn around a city that, after a severe economic turndown, is finally having its moment. Kostas Bakoyanis has been mayor of Athens for just over a year, but the city he leads is fast becoming the envy of other European metropolises and a beacon of optimism and opportunity in the eastern Mediterranean. Under his leadership, Athens is becoming cleaner and greener, public spaces are being revamped and reclaimed, opportunities to invest have multiplied, and young Athenians are returning home and bringing their energy and creativity with them. So how does Mr. Bakoyanis plan on keeping the spotlight on the Greek capital? And how is the mayor using this year's challenges to accelerate positive change for the city's visitors and citizens alike? I'm Tyler Brule, and this is The Chiefs on Monocle 24. Well, first, uh, it's wonderful uh, to talk to you uh, at the end of summer as we ease into to autumn. And this is a little bit, I guess, timely, uh, Mr. McInnes, because uh, you're a little over a year in office now. And I think it would be great to hear what type of Athens, what form, what shape of Athens did you inherit as the new mayor? Well, we have had a tough 10 years in Athens. We have lived through economic crisis with consequences in our social life and in the daily life of all our citizens. However, Athens has emerged from this crisis with a newly found sense of self-confidence and optimism. And I think this is a testimony to the capacity of the Athenians themselves, especially the young Athenians, to overcome hurdles and difficulties and actually move forward. Our social institutions are stronger than ever. Our democracy still stands high and uh, our economy has been rebounding. The past few months, of course, have been tough because we faced this pandemic. Uh, We went through the first wave and now it seems like we are moving through the second wave of fighting this invisible enemy. But it has also been an opportunity for us, an opportunity to actually uh, reinvent our city services and deepen our ties with our citizens. I'm, I'm curious to hear about the last decade and coming into office a year ago, what would you say were the, were the principal challenges? I mean, what were, what were the, the rotting elements, uh, you know, if, if you will, in Athens, and when you looked at this, and of course, you know, also thinking about your platform as well, um, what were you seeking to fix and address almost immediately? Well, it's not always just about challenges. It's also a lot about opportunities. Uh, and it's about actually uh, building uh, a positive agenda and making sure that one does that by working bottom up. So it's about infrastructure, it's about public space, it's about uh, city services, It's about gradually working uh, for a city that is not just proud of its admittedly glorious ancient heritage, but it's equally proud of its uh, modern, dynamic, vibrant self. And if you look at opportunities, it strikes me that almost the the change, the the sort of the narrative around Athens, maybe it was already building a little bit before you came into office, but it is quite remarkable to to listen to business, uh, to listen to people from a, a cultural and, and certainly travel perspective, that there is this light. It feels a little bit like a a Portugal moment that, that of course, we, we saw an experience seven or eight years ago. And now we've, we've sort of seen the spotlight swing from Lisbon to, to Athens, that this is a place which seems 
attractive to to other people in the EU, uh, weather aside, as you said, there are infrastructure improvements, etc. So maybe let's focus a little bit on the on the opportunities. Uh, you know, if, if you're out doing your inward investment pitch, Mayor, what are you telling people? What I tell people is actually what's been happening on the ground. There is a renewed interest in investment, especially when it comes to tourism and real estate. There is a very, you know, active community, arts community, that's actually that has actually began defining uh, the city. There are tons of uh, young, energetic people who, uh, despite the difficulties of the past few years, are very are moving forward, uh, trying to to create a different business environment. And I think all of this comes together and actually creates the identity of a diverse uh, city, a city that actually surprises, positively surprises visitors. Athens is the Acropolis, but it's also much more than the Acropolis, as we speak. I think that explains uh, the optimism I spoke about earlier. Ten years ago, you could be in London and you could be in Geneva and Paris and you would meet a lot of young Athenians who had left town. They were studying, they were looking for opportunities abroad. Do you get the sense, though, that you also have part of the diaspora returning now? Uh, and certainly that, that is often the, the first wave. Uh, people who have gone to, to study or they've gone to set up businesses elsewhere are often the ones as well as they look at, I, I, I was home visiting my parents, visiting family, and I spent... I saw something, I saw a little bit of a, of, of a sliver of light to go and develop a new business, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, do you sense that energy right now? Is, is that actually happening? Clearly, quite a few have been returning, um, and that's great news for us. Much of it ha- also has to do with the way the Greek state, but also the city of Athens, has uh, worked over the past few months. And this is not just about the real, the tangible results that we can speak about afterwards. It's also about a new outlook. We have actually been able to place facts, transparency over partisanship. There is a new managerial approach that has emerged. And there is a new feeling in Athens that actually something is changing. I'm curious right now, we, you know, we're, we're having a discussion at a time when things are more than a little bit uh, tense uh, in at your end of the Mediterranean uh, right now with your neighbors across the water. If I'm looking to uh, invest, uh, I want to, to do something in the port area. I'm looking to uh, yeah, settle down with, with a startup. I'm curious to know, I mean, first, uh, how you read things politically, and I know that's a, that's a big question, but I guess maybe in more tangible terms as well, what's on offer from the Athenian government or what is on offer from the Greek state right now to attract businesses, both from within the EU and outside? But maybe let's just get a political read on things uh, at the moment. Politically, there is some tension right now, as you said, in the Eastern Mediterranean. Greece has approached this situation constructively. We are firm believers in international law. We are firm believers in multilateral institutions and in dialogue. Uh, We hope uh, that sooner or preferably sooner rather than later, our Turkish neighbors will actually become part of the solution rather than part of the problem. But having said that, 
I should say that what's been happening right now in the Eastern Mediterranean, which is you know just a periodic occurrence, it's a parenthesis, hasn't actually had a real impact on the Greek economy. The Greek economy is actually emerging at the end of this year, uh, having exceeded predictions or GDP. And this has to do with the fact that uh, very quickly the government took a number of measures. We made a number of tough calls early on. And as you know, the economic and social rebound from the pandemic is uh, directly correlated with our actually actual capacity to protect uh, public health. We saw that uh, with tourism. Uh, Greece took the difficult decision to open its borders a month and a month and, and a half ago. However, it actually worked out as well as could be expected. We didn't actually suffer uh, negative consequences and we were able to provide not only you know, a lovely environment, the sea, the sun and, and the sand, we're also able to provide a safe environment to our visitors from abroad. Athens is, has always been a magnet uh, as, as long as it was properly on the map and, and people could find it. So you know, that that is all clear. I'm, I'm very interested, though, and certainly for the people listening to this program who are entrepreneurs and, and they're certainly curious in business. Of course, if we if I bumped into you in Brussels uh, or, or New York, if we could all get to New York at, at the moment, what would be the three or four elements that you would say to someone who wants to open up in Athens or, or certainly in, in Greece in a broader sense, what are the tools available in terms of, of inward investment? Of course, you know, we saw the golden passport approach, you know, not just all over in, in Portugal. We, we you know, we've seen, you know, versions of that in Malta and, and elsewhere. But what are those attractive elements that really you have at your disposal right now to, of course, continue to stimulate the economy and, of course, underline that optimistic note that you that you can ride at the moment? I would mention two things. Number one, uh, there have been a number of reforms that have been taking place over the past few months and also over the past few years in battling bureaucracy and in making sure that we create a pro-business uh, environment. Number two, there are a number of economic and financial incentives, taxes, incentives, etc., that are given by the Greek state as we speak. But there's, it's much more than that. Athens, as we speak, is a prime location. Athens has, because of the crisis, the, the prices actually, the values have fallen over the past few years. So now there is a great window of opportunity for someone to come and invest in the city. And especially since the city is actually transforming itself. Let me give you an example. I don't know whether you're familiar with Omonia Square. It's actually our second biggest square. We actually made a big change in the square itself, creating um, a new fountain and changing the landscape 100%. And this is connected with over 20 new investments in tourism, with over 20 new hotels that are built around this square. So it's only a matter of time until Athens changes. You mentioned a series of, of projects that are underway. If I was to go and speak to the average Athenian, if there is an average Athenian, what would they say is missing in terms of quality of, of life right now? And what would you like to add? I mean, obviously, you, know, you, you arrived with a powerful platform and mandate on one side, but you know, what are some of the key things when we think about good urbanism, when you think about 
what really improves people's daily routines, what needs to be delivered. And maybe it's also good to hear also what doesn't need to be fixed. Because as we know, many cities, of course, got things right centuries ago. And, and I'm sure probably some of that comes into play when we speak of Athens as well. This conversation has two levels. The first level is what we call back to basics, which is making sure that the city is clean, green, well-lit, safe and secure which has to do with the daily lives and the quality of lives of our citizens. The second level has to do with reclaiming public space and liberating public space. Um, and this is where uh, the pandemic is both a crisis and an opportunity. As I'm sure you know, public health has been a catalyst for big changes in the past. Uh, the Central Park in New York or the London sewage system were actually created during public health crisis. And we are doing something similar as we speak. We have adopted the policy or the model or the methodology of tactical urbanism. We've been reclaiming public space, especially in the city center, unifying our archaeological sites and our cultural sites. We are trying to get to a new balance of sustainable transportation. This is not, of course, an easy task, but over the past few months, there's been a big improvement. I would say that Athens is, as we speak, in the process of actually reintroducing itself, both to its citizens and to its visitors. If you venture out into a nice neighborhood uh, where, of course, and I think good neighborhoods always have a, a pleasant mix of, of residents and you've got businesses and, and street life below. Is there a certain tension at the moment? Because if you look at a lot of European cities, particularly a lot of cities which have, have done well, those cities which always come at the top level ranks of quality of life, there's often you could say almost a, a spoilt resident who wants a silent city. Uh, in fact, they've got everything they want. The trams run on time. There's plenty of space for bicycles. Uh, and so then that citizen starts to look for any other irritant as well, which they want to bring up, which they take up with politicians yeah, to, to make almost the city silent. In many ways, people see in, in, in cities with high quality of life, uh, there's almost a bit of a, an anti-business tack. Uh, you're, you, know, you shouldn't uh, expand life past 10 o'clock in the evening because everyone should be tucked away in, in bed. Um, what's your sense in, in Athens uh, right now? Is there is there a way to go? And, and would you say, I wouldn't say citizens are spoiled, but I'm interested in that tension between trying to run a business and then also trying to run a city where, where people also feel that they're getting the best when it comes to livability. Well, I mean, you know, these tensions exist all over the world and they exist in Athens as well. I think that there's one big difference when it comes to the character, the identity of Athens itself, which has to do with the fact that, you know, Greeks, by definition, are outward and social people. Uh, the climate, uh, the way of life leads us to, you know, to, to actually enjoy life in our public spaces. I don't think that any Athenian can imagine uh, the city closing at 10 or even at 11 or at 12. At the same time though, the, this conversation opens the door to another key challenge that we face, which has to do with the distance between the so-called good and the so-called bad neighborhoods. Of course, urban centers all over the world tend to be centers or epicenters of uh, socioeconomic uh, differences. But these divides we aim to bridge at the end of the day, it's about making sure that there aren't visible differences, there aren't such big differences. And that is our goal, that is our aim, to be able to actually uh, secure social cohesion 
in the face of growing challenges, growing challenges that may have to do with the climate crisis, that may have to do with the influx of refugees and immigrants, growing challenges that may have uh, to do with unemployment or the economical situation. I'm speaking to you from Zurich and I'm, I'm referencing and, and just thinking about a program which is running here, uh, which you'll probably laugh at, uh, which is this Mediterranean Nights Initiative. Uh, and this is where they want to uh, expand the pavements in the evening. They want people to stay out later. And of course, this is uh, certainly getting up the noses of lots of other people who do want to you know, be maybe think of, of Zurich uh, the, way, the way it used to be. And, and you have lots of other cities trying to... You know, of course, maybe adapt to climate change, adapt to the pandemic because they want people to be outdoors rather than indoors, especially as the winter months approach. What is Athens's pitch? Uh, you know, if you could say, and, and right now, let's be let's be frank, uh, you don't see Athens ranking very highly in global quality of life uh, rankings right now, and and maybe you don't seek to be a Vienna, you don't want to be a, a Calgary or a Vancouver or or, or a Melbourne, uh, but. But if you, if you look ahead uh, and you think about the initiatives that are going on, what does Athens have to offer aside from climate uh, in, in your perspective and, 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 and lovely weather, which would allow it uh, to become a yeah, top 10, top 15 globally ranked quality of life city? Athens has joined this world competition because there is a world competition going on right now among cities. It's a world competition about improving quality of life. It's a world competition about attracting talent, attracting investment, attractive, attracting uh, visitors. How do we do that? We do that by actually changing the city itself. Uh, and to be very specific, earlier I mentioned uh, tactical urbanism and reclaiming public space. Uh, right now, Athens is undergoing uh, its biggest change in the past 20 or 25 years. The face of the Athenian center is uh, radically uh, being transformed. And this process, you know, like any that pains to a birth, always. Uh, as I said earlier, it's not easy because it necessitates that many of us uh, change our habits, our daily habits, but it's been happening. That's why I believe that, you know, it's not just about Athens having joined the race, which it has, it's actually, a, about Athens doing well in this race. Uh, it's just a question of time. You sit in a very unique position at the eastern end of the Mediterranean, particularly now. Uh, you know, we referenced uh, Turkey and maybe some of the tensions at the moment. We've seen, of course, Istanbul very much pushing itself as a hub, uh, as the maybe more palatable springboard uh, to, of course, Central Asia and, and even to the Middle East. And of course, it's it's been very much using the airline as, as part of that. Uh, Unfortunately, we've seen some, you know, very tragic event uh, recently uh, in in Beirut, and and regardless of all of the things that have happened in in Lebanon, Beirut has still been a, a hub of of sorts. Um, what about Athens within all of this? Because you have very you know, quick connection times uh, to get to to the Middle East, uh, to get to uh, certainly the other side of of, of the Med. Um, do is there a strategy and a role, and do you see a positioning? Um, certainly with the city as maybe being a, a, a hub or restoring a hub status at the eastern end of the Mediterranean? Yes, clearly. Um, and this has been happening already as we speak. We see it in the numbers, in the numbers of visitors. We see it in the investment that we've been attracting. Uh, I think that was the story of Athens um, when the new millennium started uh, 10, 15 years ago. Unfortunately, because of the economic, the financial crisis, we lost time and we fell behind. 
But now we're doing our best to make up for uh, the past few years. And of course, I should say, it's not about just competing with other cities. It's much more than that. Much more than that. At the end of the day, it's about competing with ourselves. It's, it's about putting out and projecting our best self. This has been happening, and it's very, very important that we're able to do that despite everything that's been happening over the last few years. Uh, let me give you an example to be as specific as I can. There was a time back in 2014, 2015, that's just five years ago, when Athens, there was a lot of uh, talk about Greece and Athens, you know, resembling the Weimar Republic and and people around the world were actually taking uh, a magnifying lens to, to Greece and to Athens and trying to ascertain sociologically and what would happen to, to a, a country that's undergoing such a crisis. However, however, despite that, in a very short period of time, uh, the political system matured, we were able to defeat populism, we were able to isolate, effectively isolate, uh, radicals and extremists and we were able to build a new consensus, which despite our obvious you know, political or ideological differences, takes this country forward. I think that's extremely important when one talks about Athens and Greece uh, in the next decade. If I'm a private banker sitting in uh, Geneva or Basel listening to this, and I'm thinking, this sounds attractive, and I like the idea of a big roof terrace, and, and I like the idea that I could have a base uh, to, of course, see clients uh, elsewhere in, in the region. Do you feel you have the level of connectivity? Or is there, maybe the better question, is there a discussion and a dialogue? Listen, of course, we know that uh, it, global travel is going to, to come back. Do you feel that the elements are in place to also make... Athens a hub of, of connectivity as well, because, you know, this is, of course, you know, the great game. But do you feel you're positioned you know, also from a global perspective, Mayor, when, when we come out of this and everyone can get back onto to regular flights as, as much as possible? Absolutely. And you know much better than I do that at the end of the day, it's about demand and supply. It's about making sure that you actually create uh, an environment that is attractive for visitors and investors from around the world. Connectivity by itself is just a means to an end. We have seen over the past few years connectivity increasing. It's, it's up to us to make sure that it keeps going and, and, and make uh, the life of everyone as easy as possible. And just uh, before we go, you touched on uh, an interesting point, and I think one which uh, we have a lot of time for at Monocle, which is, as you said, uh, you don't see the sidewalks rolling up at 10 or even 11 or maybe even midnight. It's just not the the Athenian way. Is that also a selling point uh, as well, um, that things are maybe a little bit looser at the edges, that there is a different quality of life, which can't just be uh, measured in uh, the efficiency of trains, but also an element of quality of life, which just, which just comes from being able to linger a little bit longer, to be able to enjoy, yeah, a nice crisp white uh, from Santorini uh, into the wee hours. Do you think that these are also competitive points, which sometimes get left out? Because oftentimes we just want to measure the purely tangible, how many students uh, are, are in classrooms, what are the waiting times in hospitals? But it sounds to me like you feel that there's also some softer elements uh, that you have already built into the Athenian DNA that maybe uh, Antwerp or Amsterdam can't offer. You know, this conversation takes me back to when I was a student back in university at the age of 18 or 19, when it was about uh, working hard and playing hard. 
I think that is the message uh, that of Athens uh, as we speak. It's a city that is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, changing, transforming itself, becoming more efficient. But at the same time, it's a city where one can take a breath. It's a city where can, one can actually sit back and enjoy the moment. That is the unique selling proposition of Athens as we speak. And that is what we'd like to strengthen. You know, that's the, the, the Athenian value proposition. Thanks to Kostas Bakoyanis for joining us for this week's episode of The Chiefs. And don't forget, The Chiefs Conference will take place live in person at St. Moritz's Stuvretta House Hotel this week. Many of the guests we've had on the series, including Mr. Bakoyanis, paired with some new voices, will be in conversation to look forward to the coming year. Head to monocle.com to find out more. The Chiefs was produced by Paige Reynolds and edited by Louis Allen. I'm Tyler Brulé in Zurich. Thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.